When it comes to weight management, we tend to focus on what we eat, but Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat. That's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up today. What is happening? Welcome to the Nick and Alex Baseball Show, the show that will wave the flag even if the Orioles do not win. I am your host, Nick Pollock, and I'm joined by the one out of three Alex Fast. One out of three. Why am I one out of three? Because the Orioles went one out of three against the Yankees this weekend. Ah, okay. Yes. Yes. Uh, Well, the Yankees also just got uh, uh, beat by... Uh, Cleveland, uh, yeah, we, we yeah, took yeah. care of Oakland, okay. so we're back to tied oh, in the yeah. standings, wow. I think. Wow, yeah, Maybe? good job, good job. I'm really proud yeah. of you. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I think we're back to tied in the standings. Are you guys still, yeah, we're back to, no, you guys are a game up. You're six and four, we're five and oh, five. Oh, so, so it's even better. Wonderful. It's even better. It's yeah. even better. It's good to even see better. you guys. Welcome back to the Nick and Alex Baseball Show. We're, we're really excited. Uh, we have full-on baseball now. The weirdness of the beginning of the year is kind of gone. Um, we have a normal schedule where it's really Mondays and Thursdays are the off days now, not these random Friday and Wednesday off days. And I think I saw a weekend off game last year. I'm sorry, last week and Saturday, which is just what I've never, never seen that before. We have all these hot takes and, uh, victory laps, which are silly. We don't take those. I just take them in front of Alex facetiously. And then he sends them back to me. It's a wonderful time. But fast, I have the window open right now. It is feeling like baseball season. And how has the the first full real week of baseball been for you? It's been absolutely delightful. There have been so many fantastic storylines that have been emerging. We're starting to see teams come out and compete and realize, oh, wow, that team is much better than we thought. Or, oh, wow, that team has a lot of things that they need to work on. Like you said, there was actually an oddly rainy winter in California out in L.A., but now it is absolutely beautiful. I just did something also, by the way. This is a little off the cuff, not off the agenda, but I thought it was kind of a fun idea. I just put out a Twitter poll at the beginning of this podcast, like literally a second ago. Yeah. And I want to know your opinion on this first, and then we'll check in. We'll have about an hour's worth of data by the end of this podcast and see what people are thinking. We have plenty of things we want to get to, but this just kind of popped into my head as we were as we began. Will the Rays go wire to wire? So will they lead the AL East, for those unfamiliar with the term, from the beginning of the season all the way through the end? I believe... The last team to go wire to wire was the Seattle Mariners. Um, I know the Orioles did it before the that to go wire. Maybe to not wire. the Dodgers because like the the Rockies did things in in the beginning of the seasons. I remember. No, only I, oh, I is... mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna answer this quickly. No, absolutely not. No, uh, the the Blue Jays and the Yankees are four games behind the Rays right now, and considering how good all these teams are. And that the Rays will not be facing, I don't know, the Athletics and the Tigers and what was it, the Nationals in there? mm, I think they're going to face some tougher competition in due time. And while I'm not saying that the Rays will win the AL East, there will be your traditional ups and downs of the season. Okay. Yeah, so what what are they about? Like three, three games, four games? 
Four games out right now. Four games out. That's so funny. I'm looking up the teams that have gone wire to wire. I could have sworn the Mariners and the Orioles did it because I have a shirt that says wire to wire for the Baltimore Orioles. Maybe it's just a really that's firm just, definition that's just a of TV it. show. That's just that's that's about the wire, the show. Oh, yeah, that's what it was. It's just wire to wire from season to season. Yeah. But apparently only five teams have ever truly done it. I still don't know if this is true. I mean, I'll have to I'll have to dig into it. But you're saying no. You're saying the Rays will not go wire to wire. They no. will relinquish their four game lead. I, I think it's so incredibly difficult to go wire to wire. And if they were going to do that, they would need to. I don't know. I think it's a possibility. I think it's more of a possibility than I originally thought, because the Yankees are so beat up and they are not going to get healthy relatively soon carlos radon has a setback right luis severino i think was throwing a bullpen which is an encouraging step forward they when when they're healthy they're they're fantastic and they've obviously started off relatively well but i wonder if the rays can get a large enough lead because it's also not like okay well the rays and the yankees are going to play each other 500 times in the last two months of the season but they're, they're just not going to play each other as frequently right you know i also so, I speaking know. of returning pitchers i think hyunjin ryu was throwing a bullpen as well oh wait i'm sorry that was just a ballpoint that was just a ballpoint pen. And because Boo. he can't be trusted to throw for any time, he'll just hurt himself throwing a ballpoint in the first place. Boo. Yeah. Boo. Uh, we'll take a, a quick look. <laughs> this, is, this is what I have to deal with. I'm sorry. It just booze. This is what I wake up to at 4 a.m. Fast. Of, of what? Those your yeah. intrusive thoughts about Genjin Ryu? No, it is you calling me and your ringtone is you booing me. So. <laughs> uh, we've only had 104 votes so far, but 56% say yes, the Rays will go wire to wire. Um, uh-huh. Not what we're talking about, though. What's the first thing that we wanted to get into on this episode of Nick and Alex? Well, I mean, we've, we've seen the the new rules come into play. We've actually we, we've mm-hmm. been spending months being like, OK, this is what's going to happen. Not really knowing what would happen. And so far, we've seen a lot of home runs. We've seen... Uh, the shift, the lack of shift. I mean, pitchers are not doing well, so I imagine the shift is actually uh, having some impact. Um, tons of stolen bases. Games are much shorter. Mm-hmm. How are we feeling about this so far? Fast. Um, well, let's go. I guess line item by line item. We can start with the shift actually, because there was a really fantastic article by Ben Clemens. Of course, who else? He does fantastic work, and if you're not reading mm-hmm. Ben Clemens, you really should be. Um, he also had this great piece that he released last Friday that was kind of like a the top ten things. And even though he didn't have ten as he wrote, they were still like fantastic, fun takeaways. He wrote a great article today about the Royals trying a new shift, and there was a really good Tom Tango graphic that came with it that essentially showed something similar to what we saw in um, spring training against Joey Gallo, but the outfielder separation was a little bit different. So essentially they took one of the outfielders and put them where the second baseman used to be in the shift. So very, very shallow in the outfield, like not rel- not too far from right. the infield dirt. Uh, and then they take the remaining two outfielders and they essentially split them, right? So then the left fielders are kind of in left center and the right fielder is kind of in right center. Because then they're not leaving a huge gap on the left field side. So you got to figure if you have a speedy defender in, in the left in left field or left center at that moment, you're probably still going to limit someone to a double, right? It'll be tough to turn it into a triple if it's going left. Same thing with the right side. I I don't I I was very curious to see what the kind of, you know, 
tweaks were going to be by teams to see how they were going to kind of play with this rule. I think it's kind of a fun balance because, yes, it's a shift, but now there is much higher risk reward that's involved in it. And while I know I'm not naive enough to say, hey, just hit it where they ain't, you do have more area to quote unquote hit it where they ain't. You don't just need to aim to try and be a pull hitter, right? right. It, uh, you just need to like, okay, now I've got a little bit more outfield to work with. Let me stick with my tactic and see if I can, you know, maybe get it a little bit more towards center field or something. Sure. I mean, yeah, I've seen it work well. We've had uh, Elvis Andrus get called for a ball uh, for uh, for stepping on the grass barely at the edge mm. of the mm-hmm. infield dirt. He didn't seem very happy about it. I uh, yeah I mean it, it it seems like it's working but also I mean guys are still up the middle right so yeah um it's it's not having that large of an impact in my view um but it, there is still something significant about it there I love the stolen basis I really do I think I think it's wonderful uh, yeah it's and it really is one of those things where uh, baseball is such a perfect sport where we had these dimensions of ninety feet ninety feet and we pretty much nailed it from the beginning of the exact perfect distance to make it this proper risk reward is it worth it to try and steal in is it not mm-hmm. and this is tilting it a little bit more in favor of yes it is favorable to where i i love i love pendulum switch uh shifts and games so it makes the push pull so fun is okay we, we're doing this now so now the meta is to steal more so how do we adapt right mm-hmm. and there will be an adaptation in some way if so many teams are stealing more and they're just giving away all these doubles that used to be singles, right? So there's something that's going to change from this. I'm excited to see what that is. Yeah, I was curious too if there were, if like kind of what you mentioned, if there are going to be fewer bang bang plays, right? If like all of a sudden we're going to see like, okay, there's going to, you know, we're going to see a lot more guys getting a first. They're not necessarily, there haven't been really. There are still plenty of like bang bang plays. Maybe this just means that like infielders are not able to take the same amount of time that they usually could. I've also seen a lot of, there was like an interesting play in the, um, I think it was twins Red Sox game. No, who are they playing? Um, no, uh, Detroit Red Sox games where Cutter Crawford, you know, hit a, uh, a ball was hit. Um, Cutter Crawford pitching a ball was hit towards Kike Hernandez who like had kind of an awkward dive and then had an errant throw. And that was ruled a hit because, you know, as Will Middlebrooks broke down on Twitter, anytime you're going to kind of dive for it or leave your feet and not make a play, it will be ruled an error. I wonder if there are like more of those. I feel like I've seen a lot of those on Twitter where Mm. people are like, why is this not an error? Like, no, that's because you're just watching the Orioles a ton and that outfield. I mean that. Oh, gosh. So I tweeted about that yesterday. I mean, my reference was to a Tigers Red Sox game. But yes, the Orioles outfield defense has been uh, actually literally the worst in baseball. It's been an embarrassment (laughs) out there. It's like literally been an embarrassment. Uh, Um, Do you have another Grayson Rodriguez you can stick out there? (laughs) I mean, that's the thing. We've got plenty of outfielders. Got plenty of outfielders. They're just all in the minor leagues. I mean, also too, like you mean to tell me Franchi Cordero couldn't have been just as bad, but hit four home runs when he was doing it. <laughs> anyway, league wide Babip was um yeah, is, is pretty much is pretty much the same. Uh, about two ninety nine. I'm curious for your thoughts on this too. I I don't mind the pitch clock. I think the pitch clock is a lot of fun. I think the pace is actually really invigorating. The people I've talked to that have gone to games, you've been to one, have said that like. It's fun. I want, one, I want to get your thoughts on the pitch clock. Two, I want to know your thoughts about are you a proponent of getting rid of it at the end of the game? And when would you get rid of it? What what inning? 100%. Uh, I'd say seventh inning, you get rid of it. Um, some might say eight or ninth. I say seventh. 
you get rid of it. Um, I know it kind of would make it like basketball almost mm-hmm. where the first three and a half quarters don't matter. <laughs> and then all of a sudden it just matters. Right. But I, I love the, I don't know. The pace of it's perfect. Also like watching games on my MLB.TV is way better. You can hit the arrow keys and go left and right and goes 10 seconds up or back mm-hmm. and a front or back. And it just makes it, the pace is right there. I don't feel like I'm waiting. I can watch these games so much better than everything else in between. I'm um, obviously, of course, writing and covering it. It's just like get more sleep now, which is incredibly wonderful too. But even at the game, yeah, it did go quicker than normal. And there is one downside of it is I want to spend more time at baseball games. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go there and then leave after two hours. Uh, I'm there to hang out with everybody and enjoy. And it does feel um, that, yeah, it was a shorter amount of time. And uh, there's something to be said about that. Uh, you saw that the brewers extended their beer sales. Their beer end, sales, yeah. Which is what I what I was thinking would be the biggest impact was that teams are going to make less money with concessions yeah, uh, than they used to because there's just less time to consume. Um, so get rid of the pitch clock at the 7th. And then you preserve... You, you need the tension. That's the coolest part about baseball, I think, especially in the playoff setting, is that tension between every pitch and, the, and how long it takes. And it's built into the game where everybody is calculating all the possibilities. Yeah. And what would happen and you know, wishing for this and wishing for that. And please don't do that or this. And it's a 2-2 count. And uh, okay, and release. And you come back and then you go forth. And that gets lost a lot when it's just so quick and repetitive. And that's the beauty of late night baseball, like late game baseball, right? Like the ninth inning, we have that in such celebration because we're all holding on to our seats tightly and everything. Mm. And we don't really care about that in the fourth. So fine, let's move that along. But yeah, I'd say the seventh inning is where you get the high leverage situations and when things really start to heat up. So um, I, I would say seventh, I'm fine with eighth, but I, it at least it at least needs to be in the ninth. I can't, I can't have games end with the pitch clock violations and whatnot. It just can't happen. Yeah. I, I wish they would be pre like from what I saw, like the league was like, we obviously really don't want that to happen and we don't think it will. And we really don't want to. I just think like be more proactive about it. Then don't even make it a possibility. Don't leave it up to chance because I think there could be a situation in which a game is determined. It's by going something to happen. Like that. It's yeah. going to happen at least once, if not twice in like the same week. Yeah. And it's going to stink. It's going to be a terrible PR moment. And then they're going to say, fine will do something yeah. we've I seen just, them before make rule changes mid-year out of nowhere you know they yeah, act the stuff yeah so we might see that i will so i so maybe this is gonna be my wild thought um i do what i was thinking about when you could do it's it it's not from right? kristen no it's not from kristen that kraken one was good was i was thinking here. about when you would do it yesterday you can't do it just in the ninth right because theoretically that would give just one team an advantage because there might not need to be a bottom of the ninth right that's fair. So yeah. you can't do it in the bottom of the ninth. I was thinking maybe you start it in the bottom of the eighth because then home field advantage still exists because the home team kind of gets it twice, well, but then both teams have to this, deal though, with it. But like they do have to deal with it. It's just they're winning enough so that they don't. And also you could, I mean, who does it benefit the pitch clock? Uh, arguably it benefits both sides. I mean, I've I right, heard so there, was, there isn't really like, oh, you can't do it here because it doesn't affect both. Okay. So then you're saying start in the ninth no matter what? Yeah. Yeah. So start in the ninth. Get rid of it in the tenth. No extra inning should. Uh, oh, no, 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 should... no, no, yeah, yeah. It's it's like okay, we have the pitch clock at the ninth inning. It's there's no pitch clock, and then move move on. 
Yeah. No, no, no. I mean, like, bring it back in the 10th. Like, like we should have a pitch clock back in the 10th. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because at that point, I don't want the game to fully slow down. It's like, okay, you've we got an opportunity. We runner, don't we? Yeah, we do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So whatever. It's going to be fine. I just like the notion of like, all right, you had your shot in the ninth. The game slows down for a second. <laughs> you need a like negatively oh uh, condition okay. here. <laughs> Wait. Okay. Here's the deal. Here's my wild thought. Get rid of the ghost runner. Bring it into uh, the 14th inning. Okay. Because then it's like, if it's the 14th, fine. Sure. But, you messed up. <laughs> but like a fantasy auction. Oh, no. Every... <laughs> <laughs> nothing nothing good starts that way <laughs> every every uh inning five seconds come off the pitch clock um so like so it's what <laughs> yeah so it starts with 20 uh regardless there of outcome then 15 and then there's just like thoughts that you shouldn't publicly admit that you've had oh i love that just every five seconds a guy has to just fire it in there uh and then five seconds will where it is it will be oh like fine seven seconds will be where it's why not just make a t-ball at that point that's there fine no pitch. hey I am, i'm like kind <laughs> of all about block. i'm all about like a 14th inning home run derby you know like, when i was a kid i thought the ideal thing that catchers should do considering they had the gear is that when the pitch is thrown is to essentially jump in front of the bat like when the, like time it so that the ball is past them, but then the swing happens, so they essentially become a wall. Okay. So so like they blockade the ball off the bat. <laughs> what? You know, used to, okay. So I used to think this was like I was seven. I was like, oh, I know what I should do as a catcher. Uh-huh. Is when the pitch is thrown. Yep. I should make it so that I then leave the catcher's box, mm-hmm. and I am now going to sprint in between the pitcher and the hitter. Okay. And then like a bodyguard saving the president. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dive yeah. across. Okay. As so if the batter hits it, it just goes off my chest. Oh, I see. Oh, if the batter hits it, it goes off your chest. So you're actually jumping with your back towards the pitcher. Yeah. Oh, okay. Wow. So it within a split second <laughs> the ball needs to go through you. Yeah, yeah. Make yeah. contact with yeah. the batter. Yeah. And then okay. Yeah. I was a, I was a smart kid. Yeah, that's some that's some really really good that's some really really good stuff right there. Um, yeah, I'm with you too on the stolen bases, by the way. Too. It, oh, not it, on it the whole bodyguard catcher situation. I want you to live. I want you to live, and that sounds like there's a lot of that's things. That's why I was okay with it. There's a lot of things that could go wrong. I'm I mean, with you on the stolen bases. That's interesting on the pitch clock stuff. I I am a betting man here, and I say there will be something changed about yeah. betting pitch clock. Are you with me there? Yeah. No, I think so. I mean, I think there I think there has to be. I really would not be surprised if at the come August, the league was like, we will not have this for the playoffs. Yeah, that's and fair. Honestly, I don't necessarily I mind that. Like affect the pitchers and players anyway. You know, Say it like, again. Like conditioned as if there is a pitch clock. True. Know? Or they might just be like, we are exhausted. We are. You know what I mean? Like we have been going faster than we ever have. We've been doing it for 162 games. We need to take a break. I I thought it was really interesting. This kind of changed my perspective too. the last thing I'll say about this is there's a really great segment on the Sunday Night Baseball broadcast where it was um, Ronald Acuna Jr. and and, uh, Juan Soto just like sitting in the stands talking to one another. Mm hmm. And Juan Soto talked about how he really didn't like it because he thought it really just removed the mental 
aspect yeah. of the game for him. Like he liked to be, obviously he liked to do the Soto shuffle and kind of think about what the next pitch was going to be. And I mean, there are so many reasons why this could be, but obviously he's not off to the best start in, in the league right now. And I do wonder if there is that adjustment period for hitters or they're just going to have to trust their instincts a little bit more. Right. But I don't know. That was the first time that I'd heard a, a batter kind of be yeah, like, yeah. I am not into this. That doesn't surprise me. Um, and by the way, if the, if the if MLB says, okay, we're going to remove the pitch clock, for the playoffs. They'll also add the stipulation and no team can sign Pedro Baez. <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, guys. Come on. Yeah, yeah. but no. Uh, but uh, we actually have some fun things we want to do talking about uh, home run celebrations and many other things. We're going to talk about all of those after this break. Fads come and go and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom has created weight management programs that are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. So stop chasing health trends and join the millions who have lost weight with Noom. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. Hey, we're back, baby. In my best Alex Fast, we're going to talk about dugout home run celebrations. And we're going to rank these. We have some fun things around the league. Fast, would you like to share some of these exciting new dugout celebrations for home runs? Yeah, I think that the teams are still kind of like coming up with them. I think I don't know if every single one has like officially been seen by everyone yet. Maybe I'm wrong. These are just the ones that I could find in a recent MLB.com piece. So we know we have that we have this large samurai warrior helmet that's happening in in L in the angel in LA for the Angels that apparently cost twenty five hundred dollars is is extremely heavy and and Otani got it. We have for what I think was the first time yesterday. Maybe I'm wrong. I think I've watched all the games. We saw. The funnel. We saw the funnel. The funnel. Well, we saw there was the funnel is how the radio referred to it. Then Kyle Gibson heard that everyone was calling it the dong bong because it looks like a beer bong, which is so funny. Um, Then he said, "We don't call it the dong bong. We call it the Homer hose." Mm. Uh, But then um, Melanie Newman, fantastic broadcaster for the Orioles, called it or said. Uh, her home run call was kind of like slug and chug, which I also kind of like. That's that's really good. Slug and chug is good. Yeah. Like that, we got a slug and chug. That's good. So then we also have the post home run Polaroid in San Diego. Mm. They have the cheese hat in Milwaukee. Sure. The Red Sox did away with the cart and are now doing inflatable dumbbells. Yeah. Um, and we have the Norse helmet in Cincinnati. So we're gonna go bottom to top. I want to hear what your least favorite of these home run celebrations is i mean it should be no surprise what my least favorite one is is that that has to be the cheese hat because why is that and i don't want anything to do with football here get out of here oh okay all right i uh, actually let's go ahead you want you do all yours first and then i'll i'll jump in mine uh well so cheese hat is at the bottom um i'm gonna you know I, i feel bad for cincinnati um, but the Norse helmet needs to be down here because there's such a large gap 
between mm. that <laughs> that thing on your head and someone else's hat. You know, like sure. it's it just looks terrible in comparison. Um, I would say the inflatable dumbbells are after that. Mm-hmm. Um, it just feels like it's just like a little one little prop and not really an exciting thing. Mm-hmm. Inflatable. You guys are strong. Get real dumbbells. You know. Um, I this is tough now. Yeah, now and here's where it gets th- now tough. It's, I I absolutely. Ugh. I'm gonna. Oh man, I'm gonna be. All right, I'm gonna say the Polaroids are third. Okay, I love it. I love it. I kn- I know that they also like have an album of them, mm-hmm. and I think that's the coolest thing ever. Um, I'm gonna say the Samurai Warrior helmet is second. I because I mean I think it's incre- It's amazing. I'm happy Trout gets to experience it. You know. He could have been celebrating. This is like Otani almost saying like, Japan won, Trout. Sure. And Trout needs <laughs> to eat it, you know? Yeah, he couldn't hit that sweeper, buddy. And the Slug and Chug is so great. And why I love it is because it's the most ridiculous and fun. And for yeah. me, a home run celebration, sure, there's like the goofy, whatever. It needs to be like a full team just being ridiculous together. The yeah. cart was awesome. The Yankees used to have one as like the the TV reporter um, giving the interview. After. Yep, 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 I yep, 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 loved yep. that. Right. This is just like this feels like a whole team effort as opposed to just oh you get the one thing. Yeah. So uh, I normally would have the Polaroid second, but that Samurai Warrior helmet is freaking amazing. Yeah. That is that is like the coolest looking thing. So fine. Uh, but that that's the way I would do it. And by the way, slug and chug reminds me of my physics teacher from high school. It would always say plug and chug once you have all chug. the variables of your equation. Good. And, and that just even amplifies it even more. So all of these names. I was trying to think of my own, and I had nothing. I can't beat these. I'm not going to try. Um, it's it's really fun. I'm very jealous of you, Fast. Well, you, no, you you need to think of what your home run celebration would be. If you're the manager of a team, you need to think <laughs> of what your that's that's what that's what the criteria is. I'm going to rank mine, and then we're going to come back to you. You can mm. you can go ahead and think about what sure. yours would be. Yep. Um, all right. So I, I was trying to think about what a good criteria for this would be, yeah. right? And I think you want to have first and foremost, you want to have a, something that's a team bonding thing, right? Yes. Second, you also want some sort of fan camaraderie something as if the fans kind of feel like they could be a part of you know what i mean something that really gets them excited like last year when the orioles did the home run chain a lot of people brought fake home run chains to baltimore games that's a lot of fun i think my least favorite is the inflatable dumbbells i'm gonna rank that last also because it replaces the cart which i loved it was what Kevin Pluecki came up with last year where they sat in the laundry cart and yeah, they all, yeah, you yeah. know, went down and loved that. Thought that was great. Inflatable dumbbells feels like someone went to a bar mitzvah or a wedding and they had these props <laughs> and like they were like, all right, I guess we'll do this. Like, I just don't I, I don't I don't know. It's not for me. Next up, I the Norse helmet is fun. It feels like it's just an inside joke for the team yeah. and it has nothing to do with anything else. You know right. what I mean? Like, yeah. it's like, OK, it's a Norse yeah, helmet. We, we, we agree on the bottom uh, three here. Yeah, well, we had a different order, but the bottom three yeah, overall. Yeah, yeah. that's totally. what I'm saying. It's just like, yeah, right. Cheese hat, definitely. I mean, I like it because it takes the city into account, and obviously they're crazy about those that's cheese true. heads, I would yes. think. Yeah, yeah. Right? So I kind of like that. They're, and also, you know, I mean, listen, I'm not from that city, but if I had to guess what Milwaukee was, I would say it's a football town over a, over a, a, over a baseball town. I know, obviously, Green Bay is in Green Bay, not Milwaukee, but still, that's a, that's a football city. Yeah, I understand. Um, okay, so then here we go. 
Mm-hmm. I think rounding out number three, if we're meeting my criteria, I think number three for me, even though I do love it, I think it's hilarious, yeah. is the Samurai Warrior helmet. Yeah, I understand. I'm you know you. what I mean? It feels yeah. like it's just for the team. Obviously, everyone wants to embrace Otani in, in L.A., which is great because they should do it before he goes to the other team in L.A. next year. But okay. like, I don't know. All right. There's more. There's more there. Like, get me something with Trout and Otani that we can celebrate there. This might be a little bit of a shocker. I think my second is the Dong Bong. Yeah, I love it. I think it's. I think it's so funny. It's a little. It's a little broy. Sure. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I get that. But someone today on Twitter did bring up a good point where they were like, in a more pure way. It's like, I think it was Rob DiPietro who was like, it just feels like you're a little kid again and you're going to drink out of a hose after you hit a home run in your backyard. <laughs> I was like, oh, I dig oh, that. Yeah. That's awesome. Like, yeah. you're right. When, when you approach it that way and not like it's just a bunch of like frat bros doing, yeah, right. doing that. With that said, I do kind of want to see a, a, a keg stand <laughs> like, or like they were. <laughs> it would just be really funny to see them like holding. Jorge Mateo upside down. Oh while my he has god! To do that. Um, and then the last one for me, I I just love the Polaroids because of what you said. It feels like it's also for the fans, right? Mm-hmm. Where you have that opportunity to like know their personalities in what is probably the most joyous moment of their day when they are hitting something that is impossible to do in a home run. So there's something so fun uh, about that, and it's each one is so unique right so i love that like you could be like oh this was our you know april 19th home run this is our you sure. know june 15th i just love that so that's my ranking what is you're the manager you get to decide i have, you know, I have three different ones i'm debating between okay uh, do you <laughs> want right, to see the uh the ridiculous one do you want to see um kind of like a major one and do you want to hear the uh the the one that there's not a chance they would approve. That I want to hear. I want to hear all three. I want to hear the, all. The, I want to go from least to most ridiculous. Oh man! All right. Well, first is a slip and slide. So you, uh, you have them. You set it up in the dugout. <laughs> These guys would die. Exactly. This is the one that there's not a chance. But yeah, I would yeah. love a way that's like that is set up so they're all like protecting them, and you got to go down, and then it's just uh, at the freeze frame mm-hmm. at the end. I think that's pretty cool. Um, one that is like the um. Like the Sultan's cart, where everybody's mm-hmm. holding it, and they they uh, he's got like a, an outfit or whatever they put on him, and he's like yeah. cross-legged, and they hoist him down the dugout. Sure. Um, and the last one is they have sunglasses and a jacket, and they do the they do the runway, and they're yeah, all yeah, taking yeah. photos, and then at the end they have to strike a pose back. Oh, okay. And that's, uh, that's like very move. Good. That's like everyone has their pose. own moment of a character of like yeah. taking off the glasses and looking at the camera or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, one of those. That's what I was coming up with there. What do you got? That is very good. I got uh, tater tot bath, which I just love just throwing a bunch of tater tots at the mid. <laughs> oh, they just, just like just go through a gauntlet of like some yeah whatever just throwing tater tots yeah. um, actual tater for tots for which all is the most the... baseball food in the dugout. Yeah. Yeah. Um, then I have the Shining slash Bobby's World intro celebration where they get put on the what tricycle? is essentially the tri- life size tricycle. I oh, want yeah, kind of like the wheelie. big wheelie. You want the big yeah, wheelie? Yeah. I want yeah, the yeah, big yeah. wheelie that they get to. Oh, but it's God. multiple selections. So I want like mm. I want like for young boys. I want for young girls. I want like for all the like the sure, pink one. Choose. I want the red one. You want they the choose. tassels. You want yeah. the. 
You want that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The little squeezy thing. Uh, whatever they want. And then lastly, for the real nerds out there, I want them to recreate the famous scene from Old Boy uh, where they... F- <laughs> Fight their Wait, way. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> you know, what you ever seen the movie Old, Old Boy? Boy? <laughs> no, not the last one, that's for sure. I'm talking about the scene where he, the famous shot, or the one shot where he fights his way through the long hallway. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I want that, where the, they have to they have to fight their way through the teammates with one hammer. <laughs> uh, uh, I, oh, I would actually, down. speaking of which, that does remind me of, like, I do want one where it's, uh, where it's almost like they, they have to gavel something. And then mm-hmm. they raise something like a sign up that says like a certified bomb or something like that or whatever. No, it is. Like, dude, that's yeah. a really good one. You know what I would like? What? A panel of three that rate the home run. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's great. They hold up numbers on a zero to ten scale. Uh, yeah, <laughs> dude, that would be so You just set funny. up a little desk and then they, they like go through the high fiving and they wait and then they go. Yep. Then they raise yeah. it up. Nine, like nine, <laughs> eight, ten. Like I love like a dude hitting oh, like so a good. little, you know, dinky home run in the short porch in Yankee Stadium or right over the pesky pole and just getting like fours, you know what mm, I yeah, mean? Yeah. Or like an yeah. inside the Parker. A little like so-so hand signal. I, dude, I love that. That's absolutely <laughs> that's um, so That's good. And uh, I mean, I guess we did wild thoughts a little bit. We had some wild thoughts in there. Yeah, yeah, we both had you know? some wild thoughts there. So then we can go to to guess the well, stats. Well, I'm, so- I'm gonna I'm just gonna go one wild thought for you. Oh, I thought you just you just said we just did wild. Well, I mean, thoughts. you kind of did, but I mean, I okay, was gonna segue yours. into just like, hey, let me add one. Okay. One quick thing, just in the whole idea of rating here, I uh, the uh, <laughs> I like the idea of the home park rating the other team in some way. In a very objective manner, mm. and being like, "Did they deserve to beat us today?" <laughs> okay, and you know that rating holds on. That is the tiebreaker at the end of the year. You know, <laughs> not like run differential. Okay. Whatever. How defeated do you feel as an audience today, having lost to that team? Yes, and that becomes a tiebreaker for the playoffs. Yeah, that's kind of good. Yeah, I mean they're that's totally gonna be good. honest. Yeah, of course, there will be no biases there whatsoever. It's a full <laughs> honesty. Yeah, completely impartial. Get the fans involved. Make it an impartial. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, so, so what Fast wanted to do mm-hmm. is he wanted to transition to a wonderful, wonderful new segment we're having here on the Nick and Alex Baseball Show. I really like this. And it's called yeah. Guess the Stat. Very good. I like that. That's our new intro song. We already have it. I wanted to start off relatively easy with this one. This is a difficult thing to kind of prepare for because like, how do you like if I say, okay, the stat is 0.99, and 1.14. You're like, it's it's whip. I'm like, okay, great. Um, Or something like that. Right. So this one, I think we have to kind of keep it to like raw counting stats so far. So here is the top five in this. Uh, it's Tampa Bay at 25, the Dodgers at 21, the Giants at 18, the Angels at 16, and the Yankees at 16. So what stat is this? This has got to be stolen bases. It is not. Mm, it is not stolen bases. <laughs> no, no, no. It is not <laughs> stolen bases. Let's go take a look at the stolen base leaderboard for teams mm. at the moment. The current, I believe, the Orioles are still on top of the stolen base leaderboard this at is, the moment. Or this can't yeah. be. Oh, this can't Cleveland. be home runs. Is it? It is indeed home runs. Oh my gosh! 
It is indeed Tampa home runs. Bay. Tampa Bay is is unbelievable. I believe it's they have hit more home runs than uh, earned runs allowed, which is mm-hmm. remarkable. Mm-hmm. Um, that is absolutely remarkable. Um, Good old the, Detroit and Washington and Oakland. I I was surprised to see Chicago top five. That's pretty impressive. In, Isn't in Chicago what? up there? Am I crazy? No. Oh, oh, I mean, L.A. Uh, the the uh, the uh, also Giants. I'm surprised to see San Francisco 18 home runs for San Francisco. Yeah, did, well, they did, were, like seven of them were off of Kopech. Michael so. Kopech. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, the Yankees doesn't surprise me. The Angels surprises me a little bit because after Taylor Ward and Otani and well, I guess they also have Hunter Renfro who can still and go also Hunter deep. Renfro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hunter Renfro light and Mike Trout. Um, oh, good. I'm glad I fooled you on, on the very, very first yeah, one. Then. Good job. Yeah, you got it. Uh, all right. We have pitcher of the week, hitter of the week, and reliever of the week that we yeah. want to get to here as well. It must be difficult for you to choose. A, I know. A it is, it is so difficult. And you know what? At the end of the day, to me, there's just one pitcher who I just feel doesn't get it's too early. the love that they deserve. It's too early. You know, it's just they are, they are just so good. Mm-hmm. And every time that they pitch, it's just man this guy you know he might even win a Cy Young Uh, and nobody talks about him some people want to say he's not very good and not draftable even uh, very fantasy teams and this guy is Jesus Lazardo I saw that coming 31% strikeout rate 0.71 ear rate 0.95 whip you really did right away that was pretty great Mm -hmm. Um, hard contact rate which essentially at the end of every plate appearance against Jesus Lazardo how often does it result in a in a ball that has an exit velocity of 95 or more, right? A barrel or really a hard hit ball. Only 15% of the time. It's seventh best among all starting pitchers in the majors. And Jesus Lazardo is not often in the conversation of an ace, of a top 20 guy, right? Mm. But Jesus Lazardo, fourth highest swing strike rate right now. And like, oh, he must have faced some weak teams. No, he did this against the Mets and he did this against the Twins. He's throwing harder than ever. His slider is so good. His changeup is so good. Jesus Lazardo is my pitcher of the week. I'm just so excited to watch more of him. Um, only six. Maybe you can, you can actually. This is a fun game for you to guess. My my pitcher mm. of the week is inside of this list. Only six starting pitchers have not thrown a ball yet with a uh, ball. <laughs> I was like, wow. <laughs> I love that. They have thrown only strikes. I have not. I would say that's wait, wait, bad. Kyle Wright. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Good start. <laughs> Dang, I gotta get harder. Um, only six pitchers have not walked a batter yet with a minimum of ten innings thrown. I believe all of these guys have two starts except one who had a long start in relief and then had another start after that. I'll give you th- three times to get it wrong, but a uh, six guys. Uh, it's like it's like it's like what's it called? Um family feud you have three x's okay i think i know who yours is um jesus lazardo just kidding is a 10 percent walk rate uh mm-hmm. drew rasmussen he yep he's up there there's number one no, and he is my pitcher of the week he is your nope, he is he is my pitcher of the week yeah. but who are the others who are the others Look at us. We, we just got each other we pitchers got each of other the week just like mm-mm-mm. We um did jeffrey springs issue walk he did because it was a no hitter not a perfect yeah there's one x um no no no, no. I, I i i pulled it back no I said, I said no, no, he did. He did because it was. I even knew the game. Okay, fine. It's fine. I One X. <laughs> One X. Who has not issued a walk? I I only write about every single starting pitcher every night. So, <laughs> I. 
Oh man. I don't know. Uh nope, he did, he did, he did. Uh I'm gonna go one more guess and then you're just gonna tell me because I don't got nothing. This would be a double Xer. Double Xer. Um let's go with no, all of them have walked. I, literally every single one I'm thinking of has issued a walk. Uh, we have... Team. Give me a team. Just give me a team. Uh, Baltimore. And I also give you that really? earlier hint. Dean Kramer? No. Yeah, I don't know. Tyler Wells. Was he uh, oh, yeah, he went Noah six hits, no walks. That's right. Noah Syndergaard, no walks in two starts. Mm. Bailey Falter, no walks in two starts. Oh, boy. Kenta Maeda, no walks. Is that right? And... Oh, yeah, Tony Disco. Tony Disco. No oh, walks. Man. I should have. I should have gotten one of those. I, mean, of I, I failed all of you. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's got to be Drew Rasmussen, though. Yeah, arguably yeah. he's had the easiest schedule of all those dudes. But he's just, you know, the strides of the cutter with the slider. He's just looked absolutely fantastic at the start of the year. And while he hasn't showcased the theoretical upside that his partner in Springs has. He kind of has. Well, I'm talking about like he hasn't had a double-digit strikeout game. That yeah, I, I think, know, right? but it's like what 15 yeah. strikeouts in two games. Like he's no, not. He's, the he's looking good. 18 percent strikeout right now. It's like what 25 percent. No, oh, he's he's my won. hitter of the week. He's my hitter of the. He's week your hitter of the week too. Yeah, he's my pitcher of the week for. Yeah, a he's reason. also the hitter for the way that he doesn't let them ha- hit at all. Very good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good. It. That's a good spin. You know, that's a good spin. Um, all right, so what do you? I can lead off uh, with uh, hitter of the week since I was clearly already thinking about it, um, and it's a sad one. It's a little bit of a sad one. I want to give props to Adam Duvall um, mm. because man, was he just on a yeah. tear to yeah. start the year? So obviously, we can have some fun small sample size numbers here because this was just thirty-seven plate appearances, but he put up a hilarious. 318 WRC plus in those plate appearances with four home runs, just a 14% strikeout rate for Adam Duvall to start the year. Are you joking me? A 14% strikeout rate last year. It was 30, 32%. It was 31% the year before. Obviously that wasn't necessarily going to be sustainable, but he was just making great contact with the ball. He was chasing less. He was, I don't know. It was just so I, I was so excited to see how long he was going to be able to keep up this hot start. So my pitcher of the week, even though I don't think he played technically all week, (laughs) is Adam Duvall. Your pitcher of the week is Adam Duvall, and your hitter of the week is Drew Rasmussen. You guys got to keep up. I don't know what's going on with me. I don't know what's going on with me. Um, My hitter of the week um, is Brandon Lau. Uh, Yeah. Three home runs already. Nine RBI, nine runs this season. 470 OBP. Um, is X will, but according to our expected stats, which are a little different than than uh, Savant's, has him at a 536 X Woba. That is sixth best among all hitters in the majors right now. And this is for someone who essentially had a lost season in 2022 uh, with just eight home runs and 266 played appearances. But remember, he had 39 home runs in 2021. I am really excited to watch more of Brandon Lau. And you talked before about 25 home runs for the Rays. Well, he's got three of them. He's a big mm-hmm. reason why that that offense and the whole team is clicking right now. Uh, he is my hitter of the week. Okay, great. And I believe you get the honor of starting us off with the reliever of the week. Yeah. Um, well, I do have a reliever of the week, but actually, we're going to take a quick break first. Most weight loss programs are short-term fixes. But the problem is managing your weight needs a long-term solution. And that's what makes Noom different. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight today and in the future. 
Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. Start taking control of your weight management and join the millions who have lost weight with Noom. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. Sometimes it can feel like food has an emotional control over you. Well, it's time to show your food who's boss with Noom. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. Start taking control of your weight management and join the millions who have lost weight with Noom. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. Hey, Fast. Hmm. Can you tell me the two guys with four saves this year? The two guys with four saves this the year. The only two pitchers in baseball with four saves. That have four saves. Okay, it's not. I think Felix Batista only has three. Uh, that is um, correct, yes. Oh, I know Jordan Romano has four. Jordan Romano, that's the easy one. He has point two war. This this player also leads the league in reliever war. Right. Oh now. yeah, I know who it is. I know yeah. who it is. Who would it because be? I only t- I tweeted about them. I'm see. I'm showing my hands and I'm not cheating. Um, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. uh, I tweeted about them last week about how arguably the biggest surprise of the very very short sample that we have is how dominant the Pittsburgh Pirates bullpen has been, and David Bednar has been has been one of those. I believe 44% he has four percent strikeout rate is insane. Yeah. 26% swing strike rate. That's seventh among all relievers in baseball. That means a fourth of his pitches are getting a whiff. Not when they swing, just in general. Yeah. That's so, that's unreal. Yeah. Uh, David Bednar is winning the award of most desired to get out of his organization by <laughs> August 1st. <laughs> that's funny. So uh, props to David Bednar. I'm, I'm a little upset with you. That you missed the the easy layup here. No, okay? I'm good. <laughs> On the best reliever, the uh, I know you might not be when you hear. I didn't it. say it was Who, best. I'm just saying it was who's, my reliever of the week. Exactly, this person is the reliever of the week. There's no I mean, competition. I know, I, know, I know who you're gonna say. Who am I gonna say? Jose Alvarado. Wrong. What? Twenty four point seven five K per nine right now. Eighty five percent strikeout rate. Unbelievable. Yeah, he's so still not the reliever negative, of the week. A negative two FIP. Nick. <laughs> Come on, get on my level, baby. Uh, Nate Eaton uh, yeah, is one hundred percent the reliever uh, of the week. Are you yeah, joking me? Enough. Well, his stuff plus on his fastball was not good. 
It was not. Yeah, it was okay. You had like a. <laughs> did he have a one hundred three on his slider? It was slider a one eighty nine, I think, on his four seamer. <laughs> but then it was a one hundred three in a slider, one hundred four in the sinker. Dude, that <laughs> the that, that first, sinker was insane. Ninety three miles per hour. That sinker was nasty, dude. Yeah, that sinker that was, was filthy, nasty. And I mean, <laughs> Adolis Garcia. Sure, like earlier in the game, he bowled oh, a grand slam out of there, but like. <laughs> He's only hitting 59. He's one for 17 to start the year. Who Put him in the pen. Just put him in the pen. Right. Like, what do you need him at second base for? Put him in the pen. Yeah. I mean, then again, he's only 93. Like, uh, it's great as a position player. Is it great as a, in the bullpen? He hit 95 on his four-seamer. Yeah, I'm messing around. I'm just being facetious. But, okay, I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> better than Dylan Dodd at this point. Like, that oh, sinker my. Is- that is too soon. You said I was too soon. This is too soon. <laughs> That was nasty. Uh, his stuff is better than Dylan Dodd's too. It's probably just the location oh plus that Dylan It's true. Unbelievable. It's true. Unbelievable. That's a good reliever of the week. And we have actually this really fun thing that we're going to do in the, uh, the to end the podcast this week. We are going to draft what fast? I'm going to draft the power rankings. I don't even oh, know. Maybe yeah. if people like it, we'll do it every week because it is kind of a fun spin on doing power rankings. Power rankings obviously come out every week, but... Nick and I are only able to uh, do 15 of them because we're going to draft them. So um, uh, how should we? I think last time when we did the draft, I posed the question that determined the draft order. This week, you need to pick uh, something that determines what the draft order is, Nick. Random name generator. And I I do want to mention, I I did get a text um, between um, our last episode and now that I meant to mention Mm -hmm. to you. Which is we have to we are absolutely going to end this show with our famous segment, who is going to win the World Series? Oh so, yeah. I didn't know if it was too early last week and I, I was wrong. Oh, I should have no, done no, that. No, 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 no. We we have fewer than thirty weeks of the season. Hmm. So uh we, we're gonna make sure that returns. We'll we'll do it today. We'll pick our favorite from the power rankings as we do this, but we'll circle them. Um to determine the draft order today. Uh fast is putting me on the spot here. All right. I Tell me at least one uh, or two of the top three in the league in home runs. Okay. Um, that's, a gr- that's a great way to do it. Aaron Judge? I uh, No. Oh, man. Okay. Well, um, they're okay. I'll say this. I uh, mm, There are two guys. You have three guesses. For, there are two guys who are tied for the most home runs as of right now. Aaron what, Judge four? is not one of them. With five. With five, yeah, Who has five home runs to start the not year? Aaron Judge, not <laughs> Aaron Judge. Four. Okay, it's it's not a uh, Adolis Garcia, it's not Otani, it's not Trout. Uh, I don't know. I don't want people yeah. to just listen while I yeah, list off um, names. One, they're both National Leagues. Okay, and they're neither in the NL West. So one in the Central, one in the East. Well, okay, um, one in the Central, one in the East. Uh, one in the Central, one in the East. Let's just say yeah. it's uh, wow. Let's is this just the say, number one war in the majors right now? No. Okay. Uh, he's close. He's, he's let's just there. say Acuna. Does Acuna have nope, five? Uh, Pete Alonso. Pete Alonso has five. Mm. And Brian oh. Reynolds. Oh my gosh. Over in Mill. Oh, Brian Reynolds in Pittsburgh. I kept thinking yeah, of Brian, Brian Anderson. Yeah, I know. I always have done that. I've always, always done that. Do Brian that. Anderson and Brian Reynolds are the same person. Yeah. It's the he Joe Schmo. Five? He has five home runs. He has five home runs fast. Everyone thought he was so vanilla. That's so funny. Yeah. Five home runs. Easily. Wow, that's a great. All right, so I lose. I mean, you get it's first him pick. And Bednar. Who who is getting Brian Reynolds and David Bednar at the trade deadline? Uh, yeah, and you know what's such a shame. I mean, it's too, obviously like, the Yankees. 
That's that's such a Yankees answer. It's to say. obviously the Yankees. I know they were already in play for Brian Reynolds, so that kind of makes sense. And, and they, they would need and the throw in a reliever. They've always wanted David Bednar. Yeah, what starting pitcher are they going to get rid of that would ultimately help them in the long run? Now, um, <laughs> the I, I I really do feel bad about the O'Neill Cruz injury. To last oh, thing gosh. I'll say about it, because like, man, that someone pointed out, like, man, the Pittsburgh Pirates could have been the kind of Orioles of this year, which like young and scrappy, and yeah, probably not going to make the playoffs, but sure. like could be much more competitive than people think. Also, the JT Brubaker news, um, you know, yeah. so it's it's sad. Anyway, uh, I lost. You win. What is the your first pick in the power? Hey, what's up, Jason Collette? I'm here for you, buddy. Let's go, Tampa yeah. Bay Rays. I mean, that's I it. That's, I'm not. One. I don't not going to waste any time here. It's Tampa Bay Rays. They're ten and zero. Yeah, there you go. it's one, an easy I, one. They don't even have a fifth starter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. This is why the Yankees traded away Jordan Montgomery last year. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Yeah, yep, 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 yep. Okay, I think I'm actually gonna go with a little bit of. This is where it gets difficult. The one one is is easy. You, yeah. You're right. That you nailed it. That's like, of course, that makes sense. The easy one to do. I have as my number two, even though they're like not top five or even top ten in WRC plus because they've been struggling offensively a little bit out of the gate. I'm still gonna go with the San Diego. Uh, Padres okay this is like oh we should also phrase this too this is for like who are the team who are the best teams right this isn't like yeah. this past week or the week before this is just pure overall power rankings in the typical sense you would see them so for my number two I'm gonna go ahead and take the San Diego Padres. we're snake draft baby let's go oh we're snake draft okay oh, okay my, yes, no, 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 never mind get out of here I'm gonna no no okay, no you didn't like it last time we're not gonna do it I'm gonna say Atlanta is that my, was my three number, my, number, my number three and of course you made this beforehand right I did yeah. I'm just I'm just doing it on the uh skin of my teeth but yeah. no, I, I look, the, you can say whatever you want about Schuster. You can say what you want about Dodd. The fact is, Brian Elder just shows up and did well against the Reds. He'll probably do well against the Royals. You have Carl Wright coming back. You have Michael Soroka coming back. Max Reed's going to be coming back. Charlie Morton's going to be even better. Strider is still there. And oh, yeah, it's amazing offense. Oh, I feel terrible that Travis Darno went down. But at least now Sean Murphy is getting at bats. And what does he do? He hits a go-ahead home run. For uh for Atlanta, right? I mean, this team is a powerhouse. They should win the AL, uh, sorry, the NL East easily. Uh, the Braves are Thursday. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna go with uh, number four. Then I'm actually gonna go with Toronto. Um, oh, I been, like that. I've been slugging like crazy so far to start the year um, and their biggest weakness has really been their starting pitching and with the starting pitching that they have I think they're going to be able to recover I mean obviously they might not even need to recover because they might be able to win every game 12 to 10 uh, but yeah I think the, the starting pitching will calm down a little bit Chris Bassett will continue to find his way um, and the relievers have been a little middle of the pack um, especially in terms of K rate or like a sub 25% K rate so you do want to see a little bit more there but yeah I'll go with the Toronto Blue Jays as my number four I'm oh man there are there are a couple teams I want to go but this is where I actually I think it's difficult um, did you realize that the Cardinals are three and seven I absolutely yeah they're they that I, offense is so good, and yet their their but they're pitching is so bad. I yeah. uh, I'm going to go with the Dodgers. I feel like that's just a safe play, even though they are not at the top of the division right now. Um, the way that they're situated, and they just seem to find just amazing hitters out of nowhere. I, I I'm going to go with the Dodgers. Uh, also, I am curious. Yeah, Michael Grove isn't panning out there, but they have Gavin Stone, they have Bobby Miller, they have ways to fill out that rotation does you know disappoint that tony gonson's gonna be until may however dustin may is looking really good reese is looking good kershaw's still there this is still a very very good team 
Yep, that's good. For my number six, I'm going to go with the Milwaukee Brewers. Um, I The biggest thing that we questioned, they were they were my, I had them in the playoffs over the Phillies. And obviously there's many, many moons left before the season is over, but it's looking good in the first week because the biggest thing that people were curious about from Milwaukee is like, yeah, are they going to hit at all? Right? Like there's not a lot of great names. And so far you can't have asked for a better start from a lot of their young hitters, right? Probably going to taper off a little bit because there is a lot of, you know, young names inside of that team. But I don't know. I think that team can still get a wild card. I think obviously, even with Corbin Burns dropping Velo, that they have a very, very solid one, two, three in Burns, Woodruff and Freddie Peralta with plenty behind them. Uh, you know, theoretically, Aaron Ashby come back over the course of the year. So my number six or actually it's my what is my number three? Oh, that's the other thing. Yeah, it's my number three because we're going back and forth. So yeah. it's it's Milwaukee. Yeah, for me, I mean, I, here's Houston uh, at seven. That's an easy one mm-hmm. for me. Uh, Hunter Brown looks good. Uh, Rikidi Garcia are fine. Uh, the rotation, I don't think really is in question. And you'll have McCullers return at some point. And the offense is still very good. Uh, Chaz McCormick, by the way, is leading the team, actually the third in war this season, which is absolutely wild to me. Um, solid pen as well to Brian Abreu, Ryan Presley, Ryan Stanek, uh, Hector Neris, uh, Rafael Montero. I, I think this team's great. And uh, at seven, I feel like I just got a steal of the draft. Now, here's the thing. Is it seven or is it your four? I don't know anymore. Um, it's seventh overall. Now, I'm going to actually take a team that I have as better than both of those teams, both Houston and the Dodgers at the moment. Uh, and that's a surprise that I'm taking them. And that's the Yankees. Kind of hey, a little bit of a shock. You didn't go, take baby. the Yankees yeah. over the Astros, especially considering just all that beef that's there. But uh, I'm not the Yankees fast. I know, I know. Um, the Yankees, are, you know, that offense is is great, and even though they haven't really been able to get the performance out of Anthony Volpe that they have wanted to, it doesn't really matter because he's buried at the bottom of the order. But man, does does he look lost? There's a lot of rookies who look lost. Gunnar Henderson does not look great at the plate. Anthony Volpe does not look good at the plate. Jordan Walker looks great. Um, but yeah, I'm going to go with the Yankees. Obviously, they are been they've been able to weather the storm. Um, in the injury department in terms of pitching, you know, you've got Garrett Cole and you've got Cortez, even though Cortez doesn't look quite as sharp, he still looked really good. But then you got Johnny Brito uh, and he's looked really good as well. Um, Clark Schmidt, maybe not there quite yet, but they don't really need to rely on those guys over the course of the full season. And like I said, the offense and the, the, the relievers, like, come on, it's like every year, it's like they've just got a pen of dudes who are fantastic. And I don't think that's mm. necessarily going to change for them. They lead the league in K rate for a reason among relievers at 31%, one of two teams to have a K rate over 30 in the bullpen. So, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and take the Yankees. Who's next for you? I'm going with the Mets. Got to go cross town. Uh, the New York Mets, they still have some questions in their the rotation. Um, and, of course, without Edwin Diaz, the, the relief core isn't quite as sturdy as it used to be, but still a very good offense, consistent night to night. And when they have Babbitt like they do yesterday, that is two balls staying just inside of the third baseline, um, the things are going their way. I feel like the Mets are going to be in the conversation the entire year. Uh, you can't really go wrong with the Mets here. I'm taking the Cleveland Guardians next. I said there were two teams with a 30% K rate among relievers uh, or higher. One was the Yankees. Two is the Guardians. And yeah, it's kind of the same old Guardians that we've seen so far. And that the hitting is not fantastic, but Jose Ramirez is. And when they get on the path, uh, get on the base path, they steal a lot. I believe they lead the league in steals at the moment with 19. Um, So I kind of, I don't know. I think they could just to be another like I, I picked the twins to win the division because uh, I just never know if the guardians are going to be able to do it at the end of the year with like a not great offense but it could just be another year where they just pull it off who's up next for you I have to do it let's give me the Orioles baby let's go oh wow, fantastic 
<laughs> Fantastic. I mean, they're just going to get better at this point. Hopefully Tyler Wells does pan out. Grace Rodriguez now is inside that rotation. It should be. And Dean Kramer pitches good innings. Cole Irvin, we'll see. Kyle Gibson's new sweeper is looking good. The bullpen, as you know, Felix Bautista is electric to say the least. And that offense, man, Dadley Rutschman. Uh, mm. There are sometimes oh. you watch players and you are just jealous they are not on your team. Um, Dadley is one of them. Also, Hurry Mateo stealing lots of bags. Um, lots good. of fun stuff there with the Baltimore Orioles. And also the park is just, it suppresses the home runs of others and it just maybe works in their favor a little God. bit. So I Too do. much. Everyone keeps saying that they're waiting for it to to taketh or to giveth instead of taketh because in the past series took a home Mount run Castle. away from Rutschman, two away from Mount Castle, one away from Austin Hayes. Like it's been taking away a lot of home runs. Mm. I will say too, there was a moment during a Raven season a couple of years ago where I was like, oh my god, are we gonna have an MVP player in Lamar Jackson? And I couldn't believe it. And yesterday was the first time it dawned on me that Adley could legitimately be an MVP candidate one day. Yeah, like it's absolutely. always gonna be who's going to beat the final boss in Otani, but like, man, that's insane to me. The Orioles um, have never been, never had an MVP, right? No, stop. Ridiculous. Stop it. Um, it I'm not even going to entertain that notion. I think Brooks was an MVP. I'm pretty sure Cal was Cal an MVP. Rifkin. Yeah, that was the- <laughs> Yeah. No, but I'm talking about all of the Orioles MVP winners. I think Boog was an MVP. Like Andy Ponsone. No, I, it's funny. It is kind of funny that the first MVP that came to mind is uh, Brooks. And then I think Frank Robinson also won an MVP as well. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, going back to my picks, uh, I actually went with a team I have a little bit higher, and that is the Seattle Mariners. It's been yeah. a rocky start for them to start the year. The offense is not necessarily clicking. They're 22nd in WRC plus at the moment. They also lead the league in blown saves, which is really oh, surprising wow. considering well, how elite yeah, that went on the IL, I believe. Yeah, but I, I don't think it's been it hasn't been seawalled, if I recall correctly. I think it's been mm-hmm. guys blowing saves like in the seventh or eighth or something. Sure. Like that. Yeah. Or, um, is that, yeah, that's possible. Right. Yeah. yeah um, you so even. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what I was thinking. There. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, I, I think they're going to they're going to get back to it. I still think they're a really good team. Obviously, Luis Castillo leads that charge there. And even though Robbie Ray on the I.L., and even though we haven't necessarily seen what we wanted out of George Kirby between Gilbert and Kirby, plenty of good stuff there. So, yeah, going with the Seattle Mariners. Who do you got? Let's let's put some respect to the name of Minnesota. That mm. rotation is looking good. Yeah. John Gray, we know, is is killing it. Kenta Maeda, I'm very encouraged by. Uh, Tyler Malley was up to 94 in his first start. Uh, you have Sonny Gray with 13 strikeouts. There's there's so much to like here uh, for the Twins. The offense is is doing well. On top of that, I uh, you have uh, I don't know you have Lopez. I think Duran is actually hurt if I remember correctly. Mm. Um, but the Twins are second right now in the AL Central. They could still win this one. We were predicting them to win earlier on the year. The rotation looks better than we expected. Uh, the Twins could just run away with this one if there's any sort of stumbling with the Guardians. Stumbling, stumbling. Um, <laughs> yeah, I like that. Stumbling big. My... though, it's like a dumpling that you stamp. <laughs> <laughs> pick 14 to me is going to be the st louis cardinals they've fallen long enough they have the yeah. uh second best k rate in the nl right now the best k rate in the nl was very shocking is actually the washington nationals which is very surprising to me they've only struck out 18 percent of the time which is second in all of baseball and leads the nl um obviously there are plenty of starting pitching woes it's not um, it's too early for me to necessarily hit the panic button quite yet i do think they're gonna be able to work their magic and get by with kind of subpar starters and obviously as you mentioned their offense is absolutely fantastic 100 
111 WRC plus is eighth in baseball and I believe third in the NL. So they can outslug kind of anyone at the moment. So yeah, they're coming in number 14. Who you got? I'm going to go with the team that's winning the AL West right now. And that is the Texas Rangers. Mm. We, we talked about all this stuff with the rotation going to fall apart. They haven't. They're still here right now. A lot of other teams have had all these holes uh, open up and nope. DeGrom's still there. Evaldi's still there. John Gray's still there. Andrew Heaney's still there. And as of course, I am entering, well, I'm sending this negative juju out into the world, but uh, their offense is lighting it up as well. Um, And yeah, that's why they're in first place right now. Maybe this continues on. You got to give more credit to the Rangers and what they've done. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that's a great pick. I mean, it's like you said, they're, they're not hurt yet. So and they're cruising along when they're not hurt. Sure, they lost two out of three to the Orioles, but who cares? And Cole um, Raggins, let me tell you. Cole, Cole Raggins. <laughs> I know, man. He There could be something there. It's exciting. Uh, my next is going to be third in the NL East at the moment at four and yeah. six, and that is the Philadelphia Phillies. Um, now, of course, the, the, the rotation is a little, a bit of a shambles, right? Uh, Aaron Nola, Zach Wheeler, and then we have Falter, Tywin Walker, and Matt Strom. But Matt Strom... <laughs> Uh, kind of manifested (laughs) manifested destiny last night um obviously their you know bullpen is always going to be what their bullpen is despite the fact that they have arguably the best reliever in baseball at the moment like we said jose alvarado has an 85 percent k rate that is that's pretty good that's pretty unprecedented um so yeah they are going to be what is that 14 15 16 pick number 16 overall who you got 17 i'm going with these division leaders right now and mm. the Diamondbacks are seven in four in the end. That was my next pick. Yeah. Is that that's absolutely insane? Uh, you have Perdomo, Geraldo Perdomo, leading the team in war. Uh, Evan Longoria is doing well. Josh Rojas, Nick Ahmed, uh, Cap, uh, Corbin Carroll as well. And then you have some exciting stuff. Jay Jameson is now in the rotation, replacing Zach Davies. Uh, Ryan Nelson has looked good. Zach Gallon just stepped it up uh, with eleven strikeouts last night. You love to see it. And maybe if Madison Bumgarner slows down, then Brandon Fought all of a sudden appears. And maybe you have a very exciting rotation. Merrill Kelly is not a bad starter, and especially for a major league ball club. That's like an SP3 right there. So things are happening. Things are happening in uh, Arizona. Andrew Chafin stepping in, into the closer role probably and looking good there. Scott McGow as well. Uh, McGough? Uh, McGough? I don't know. It's it's McGow. Yeah, I, it's I think it's McGow. I'm going to go sure. with that. Arizona deserves a little bit more love here. So here they are leading the NL West. Coming into the year, we knew that there would probably be some some good pitching in terms of the rotation, but we weren't quite sure if that offense was going to be able to put it together. And it has so far uh, for the San Francisco Giants. Uh, they are actually seventh in uh, WRC plus at the moment, which is great. And they're uh, actually doing quite well in terms of their starters as well. Uh, they've got a little bit more depth than we originally anticipated. If Sean Mania can stay healthy over the course of the year. I mean, obviously it seems like they're using Ross Stripling in a little bit more of an interesting way than we kind of originally had anticipated, but he's kind of probably just one injury away from getting consistent innings and being able to excel with those innings. So I'm going to go ahead and take the San Francisco Giants. You know, fast, uh, it's not the Astros in second place in the, in the AL West. It's not the Mariners. It's the Angels. It's the Angels. Mm-hmm. And the Angels, uh, they're getting, I think Reed Detmers is just going to explode into being a star this year. Patrick Sandoval is looking good as well. And Choi Otani still Choi Otani. Taylor Ward's looking great. Trout's looking great. Uh, this could work, maybe, for the Angels. So, you know what? Get on the board, Angels. You're on my team. Let's go. 
I'm going to take the White Sox next. Plenty of pitching promise there. I mean, obviously, they're going to be dealing with some injuries, but this is kind of where they should be. They could definitely outperform, you know, being the 21st team or 20th team off the board or whatever. But yeah, I I don't know. I think they're, I don't know if they're necessarily going to be super competitive over the course of the year, but there's still plenty of offense there. They're actually top five in offense overall, which is pretty great to see. They're stealing plenty of bags. Um, You know, obviously, they're only going to get better if Liam Hendricks returns, which would be amazing to see. So yeah, going with the White Sox. It's unfortunately they lost Adam Duvall, but it's the Red Sox for me now. As they're playing 500 ball without Whitlock or without Bayo inside that rotation and lying on Cutter Crawford and Tanner Houck, who have not been impressive. Yoshida's looking really good. Verdugo's looking great. Uh, same with Devers. It, this works. This could work. And I'm curious if maybe the uh, the Red Sox can sustain this with Chris Sale improving as well through through the season as he gets more into a routine and maybe they acquire something at the deadline or so there's a chance here uh for the red sox to make a play who you got now i'm gonna go with the, i mean we're in the back end here so i guess oh, there's no yeah. real surprises but i'm gonna go with the cubs who have actually while they have struggled a little bit offensively to start the year the pitching has actually been really fantastic for them they're top five in both starters and relievers if you're looking at era overall not the best metric to take into account but yeah i think the cubs are actually a uh, uh, kind of a pretty fun ball club all right, I'll be honest with you fast. Uh, we have a couple teams left, and we are going a little bit long on this. So I'm going with the Miami Marlins for the sole fact that they have Jesus Lazardo and Sandy Alcantara, and you cannot tell me I'm wrong. I'm going with the Cincinnati Reds because of that three-headed monster at the beginning of their rotation. Um, then let's go with, you want the Pittsburgh Pirates because they're winning the ah, Central. They were my next pick. Oh. They were really my next pick. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and give it to the Colorado Rockies because even though they are, you know, with the laughing stock of that division, they're not last in that division right now. They're five and six. So I'll give it to them fast. I thought you were a Boyd boy because I'm taking the Tigers. Yeah, I am. I am a Boyd boy, but I'm actually have one team ranked above them. And that's Kansas City because of their surprises in their rotation. There have been a lot of fun pitchers to watch for them. And obviously a lot of great uh, offensive names there, at least with Perez and Bobby Witt Jr. Maybe that's the end of those. Chris Boobich. Yeah, no, Chris Boobich has been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun. We're the final two. Don't leave me. Final two. I mean, it's got to be the Washington Nationals left just because they have Mackenzie Gore and they have Josiah Gray. They're both doing interesting things. Yeah, I'm going to go. The, the last team for me also has to be Oakland just because they, man, it's it's been tough watching them yesterday. I was like, oh, man, these guys should be punishing what Kyle Gibson is doing right Absolutely. now. Absolutely. So, it's tough so winning the World Series this year, I'm going to go with that Tampa Bay Rays crew. Um, they're off the board. Out there. They're, they're, they're done. It's over. You don't really need us to talk about it more, but that rotation is looking so good. And we know they're going to be in a position to go after the playoffs and go make a deep run. When they have Glasnow back in the rotation, that's what's so important about this 10-0 run for the Tampa Bay Rays. It's not necessarily that, oh, yeah, they're going to go 162-0. It's more that these are games that they're getting ahead of later in the season. And then when they're at full strength, that they don't they're not finding themselves in a hole. So that's really nice to see for the Rays. Brandon Lau is coming back in form. Wander Franco has power all of a sudden. He's got four home runs. What is this? Um, Obviously, you have that pen that is just insanely good. Um, and I have a good feeling that the Pride event this year is going to be in a wonderful, wonderful moment, a real team bonding experience. Yeah, so, I'm, with you on uh, that one. I'm looking forward to that. And uh, I, I just think that the Tampa Bay Rays, they've got a good shot this year. This could be it fast. 
What better way to wrap than the results of our survey that we started at the beginning of this podcast, really started right at the top of the podcast, 503 votes. Will the Rays go wire to wire? 60%. Yes. 60% say yes. I love the optimism on Twitter sometimes. Sometimes. (laughs) But fast, that is it for this week's edition of the Nick and Alex Baseball Show. I am your host, Nick Pollock. And I am Alex Fast. We'll talk to you guys next week.